Hey guys, this is Renee Paquette from Throwing Down with Renee and Misha. On today's podcast, we are going to preview Monday Night Raw and the significance of tonight's events. We've got Liv Morgan taking on Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship, of course. 17 years to the day since Lita and Trish Stratus got to main event Monday Night Raw. Plus, we speak to the UFC lightweight himself, Justin Gaethje. Let's get into it. Monday Night Raw monumental matchup. Liv Morgan has her shot at the Raw Women's Championship against the man herself, Becky Lynch. Big time Bex, big money Bex. Uh, that's happening tonight. Now, what's interesting about this is it's actually 17 years to the day that Lita and Trish Stratus got to main event Monday Night Raw as well. So, I mean, just monumental for women. I, I love the photos that we've been able to see online. Uh, I, I believe that, I don't know if Becky's been able to post them as well, but I know Liv has for sure. But just drawing the comparisons between like Becky being the the Lita and uh, and Liv being more like Trish, uh, Liv even, you know, paying a little bit of a tribute to Trish Stratus and some of her gear and all that. Uh, but this is, this is just such a cool moment for, you know, for Becky, all of these women, no doubt. But for Liv Morgan, I mean, I know there's been such a huge push for her. To me, I think Liv Morgan is somebody that's going to be a huge star in the world of pro wrestling. She puts in so much work. I think she has a really unique charisma. She's a beautiful woman on top of that. Um, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to this. I think these two are going to absolutely so, tear it down. And this is, so this is one that you're like, you should definitely watch. Because I told you, I was like, yes. you have really overwhelmed me with how much pro wrestling that there actually is. I'm like, I, I, know. I, I, I give up. I, there's no way that I could ever. So I need to pick and choose what Don't I watch. Don't tap on me now. Don't tap yeah. on me now. Watch this. This is one that you definitely okay. want to check out. Do you have to watch all three hours of Raw? I mean, no, not necessarily. You can put it on the background, kind of, you know, do some other tasks uh, while the show is playing. But uh, definitely you want to check out Liv and, and Becky. I know that you're a Becky Lynch fan, as is Becky is fantastic. Uh, but I really think that her and Liv are going to tear it down tonight. I think they're going to be fantastic. This is such a huge opportunity for Liv Morgan. And I really think that she's going to rise to the occasion. Uh, you know, kind of, again, going back to some of the firings that have happened with AEW to have Ruby Riot. Now she's Ruby Soho over in AEW. Sarah Logan, uh, not wrestling at all currently, but they were in the Riot Squad together. Liv Morgan being uh, the lone woman from, from the Riot Squad still standing there in WWE and I just I really think she has such a star quality about her just being around her and she's she's has like that cool energy you know you can see somebody you're like that person's gonna be a big star I feel like right. Morgan certainly has that how how much pressure do you think is on um each each uh pro wrestler as they perform I mean is their job kind of does it depend on each performance? I mean, is it that intricate where if you have a bad performance one night, if you're just not selling it or not that into it? I mean, what, like, what? I don't know. I guess I never thought about it like that. Like, well, how generally, much pressure on them? Generally, I would say it's not been like that because... That's just not how wrestling has been. I mean, people are on their contracts. People can have ups and downs. Sometimes you're super, super hot. Other times it feels like you're being benched and you're kind of cooling off a little bit. But now I will say the stakes definitely feel higher. It's harder for me to say that outright because I, I'm no longer working for WWE. But it does seem like with, you know, with all the releases that are currently happening with WWE. And I, I think that that's for everybody. I'm sure everybody feels like they're under an immense amount of pressure right now. And trying to perform under those pressures, 
I mean, yeah, some, sometimes people really shine from that and sometimes people crumble under, under that pressure. It sucks. I just, I feel really bad for people that, that are feeling those pressures. And I, I, I don't think that Liv Morgan or Becky Lynch per se are feeling those pressures. Cause I think that they are both in pretty secure positions within WWE. So I don't feel like they are maybe feeling that, but maybe some un- other performers that are maybe not main eventing or maybe not in that prime position could be sweating it a little bit. If you've not had a gotcha. lot of TV time, if you're not really sure where you kind of stand within the company, I, I think definitely right now people are certainly feeling like they're on eggshells, but it is definitely not always been like that um obviously people want to do their best and and have great matches and and be a part of a great show but I don't think that there's ever been as much pressure as there is right now to to really show the company your worth so it can can so so would that be something for like but but like Becky Lynch isn't really in one of those positions is Liv I don't think so I don't think so I I think that I I think looking at the push behind Liv right now, I, I I just think that she is somebody that the company is very much behind. Uh, I I can just tell based on the the TV time she's getting, the the job she's doing, uh, the the fan the fan reaction to her. I mean, she is over as all hell. I think that. The moment that she does win the Raw Women's Championship, I don't think that that's going to be tonight. Um, I think that that is something that would, you know, more than likely be on a pay-per-view and some other kind of bigger situation if we're going to see a title change hands. Uh, but, I, you know, I will say for Becky Lynch, when she left to go on her maternity leave and she she handed the championship over to Asuka, who hasn't been on TV in some while. I would like to know what Asuka's up to. But, um, yeah, she, she did say, I don't know where she said it in, like, what kind of public capacity, but she said when she comes back, she expected Liv Morgan to be a champion in WWE. So really cool to kind of see this all come to fruition and them to get to have this moment and have this matchup. And again, for it to fall on the anniversary, December 6th, uh, you know, 17 years ago for Trish and Lita, who really cemented the the legacy for women in, in pro wrestling, for them to be the first women to main event a Monday Night Raw like that. They just laid down so much groundwork for women like Liv and Becky to be able to go in and main event tonight. Is that kind of like, would you, would you draw the analogy or or the comparison, I should say, um, between Gina Carano and Chris Cyborg? Absolutely. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's definitely like that. You know, the, the, I don't say founding fathers, the founding mothers of of pro (laughs) wrestling and, and of combat sports. So I think that, yeah, I mean, there's definitely the comparison between those, those two, uh, those two, all, all four women. Yeah, it, it should be really, really cool tonight. I'm, I'm super excited to see them. I wish that we could have got uh, Liv or Becky to hop on this show uh, just to get to hear a little bit more about what's going on for them, especially for Liv. I know just how important that this is going to be for her. So I cannot wait. You must watch it. You need to get your eyes on this one tonight, Misha. I highly recommend it. Now yeah, you're kind of getting a little, you're getting a little bit more in, or at least I feel like you're getting a little bit more open to the world of pro wrestling. What did you think of having MJF on a little bit earlier? How do you feel about him? Well, what a character. I honestly expected him <laughs> to be more of a jerk and more of an asshole. And he was actually surprisingly walked the line very carefully. He was actually Probably because really he knows you kick the shit out of him. Well, there's that too. But I was actually talking about even him talking about other pro wrestlers, which I really expected him to light them up. And he walked a very fine line of talking trash, but also being respectful, which I can appreciate because I kind of feel like he was speaking his truth. Well, I mean, I, t- yes, I agree. Uh, I think MJF is certainly the future of uh, of whatever company he decides to be with. I think he brings so much to the table as he rattled off to us in so many different ways. Um, 
but he's so sharp tongued and he's he's very smart when he's doing that but you know the, the best way to be a a great heel is you still have to build up your opponents and build up the guys so that it means something when you get a win over them so he's very very smart in the way that he talks about his opponents and and other guys within the business yeah I li- I, I I liked it I, I dug it and that's the kind of thing that I need is to get to know or have some kind of connection or reason to want to watch the pro wrestling other than just like try to be a fan of it because there's not you know I need some other tie-in and so I what feel about, like, like I- the old school stuff have you ever seen uh, Lita and Trish when they man evented Raw have you ever seen highlights no, from that at no, all that's no. one to definitely go back and check out as well I mean not that not to like just steer you towards some of the women's matches but I think that I mean yeah we're about the same age anyways I think that that would kind of like resonate with you seeing like that like that generation of like you know we would have been looking up to them at that moment of being like holy shit these two badass chicks like main eventing this show uh they they absolutely stole it they're some of the best both wwe hall of famers no doubt um but yeah i think I, that would be one for you to check out too i did go back and watch some of andre the giant which i i was sort oh. of aware of like who he was but i went back and i watched what was that classic matchup him that's like andre the and hogan the- yes andre and hogan yeah yeah, that's, I mean, that's and definitely a great place to start. That's like historian stuff. Have you ever watched any of Dark Side of the Ring? I don't even know what that is. Oh, <laughs> well, watch some of that because Dark Side of the Ring, as much like, as I can talk to you. what does that even mean? Like, so I can tell you about purist wrestling and these great masters check out and these storylines and blah, blah, blah. But Dark Side of the Ring really delves into some of like the shadier things that have happened within the pro wrestling world. So if you want like something to chew on for a little bit there's i believe three seasons of dark side of the ring um yeah yeah and yeah you definitely don't have to be a fan of pro wrestling to enjoy this it's uh it's just fascinating stuff um delving into like big storylines of like oh when did this happen what's what what you know what's the truth of this thing that happened here to um you know actually john did one of the episodes he like guessed it on it talking about nick gage who died during a match like he actually died in a helicopter uh, because he hit a hit an artery with a light tube and like oh. died in like yeah so there's like some really crazy stories so definitely check out Dark Side of the Ring I feel like that would at least make you be like what is this crazy world and you know it, it'll give you something to chew on for sure okay I think I yeah. can wrap my head around that yeah I'm like definitely that. okay okay no you'll like it I'll send you like some specific episodes to check out there's some really really good stuff on there. Hi, everyone. I'm Hall of Fame sportscaster Leslie Visser, and I've got a new podcast, In Conversation, where I'll draw from 45 years of covering the Final Four, the NBA Finals, Wimbledon, the World Series, the Super Bowl, the Olympics. CBS even sent me to the fall of the Berlin Wall. I think you'll enjoy the give and take, so subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app included in most subscriptions. Joining us right now, one of the most dangerous men in the world, currently ranked number two in the lightweight division in UFC, Justin Gaethje. How are you? I am doing fantastic. You know, I've I've been worse, let me say. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. I appreciate you taking the time. What's going on in your world? What's happening? Back at work here at Onyx Sports, just uh, back on the grind. You know, we had three athletes fight in one night. And usually when one of one of us fight, we have a spike in sales. So three athletes one night, we've been uh, extremely busy. So I was back in here as soon as possible after that fight. 
I bet. What was that like for you guys? I mean, three people all coming in with those victories on that last card. How was a celebration for you guys? Yeah, I think um, Trevor is just barely, you know, getting back to normal. You know, <laughs> he was absolutely <laughs> not. You know, it, the amount of energy that 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 takes, you know, in one night was just so much. So he went he went away for ten days, went to the mountains, you know, got some R and R. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, actually, he just got done. He just got off done with COVID. Uh, he got Ooh. COVID, so uh, oh. he's all. Bad. I heard Dana First has day. COVID too, actually. Yeah, they're all. I mean, I think they're all they're all done with that now. My coach Luke had it also same time, so yeah, yeah they're good. I think they all followed the same protocol, and uh, they're good. Plus, uh, I mean, yeah, they're all they're all semi healthy, so that's a, that's always a good start. Definitely. So a plus, taking Step their vitamin the right C and vitamin D and all that good shit, you know, helps. Sure. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, well, speaking of being busy, um, I haven't had a chance to try out uh, the new headgear that you got me, which I really do appreciate you getting that uh, to me. What the day, the day of the day of my fight, the day before my fight, it, just, it was perfect timing for the entire training camp before that. No, I'm just giving you shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, I know. I am sorry about that. However, when you're starting a company, it is ridiculous the amount of uh, the amount of hoops you have to jump through to get things done. So we are uh, we're on the right track. That thing right there, though, you want to talk about revolutionary? That thing is that definition of revolutionary when it comes to uh, MMA combat gear. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited for you for myself. I use it for the last four weeks of camp. Outside of that, I don't use a headgear to spar, but Last four weeks, you know, you can't be taking those bad cuts. What That's makes it so revolutionary? It... Give us what, what's the deal with it? Well, um, the size of it, you know, weighs probably four to five ounces, extremely light. Um, it's got some super high density foam, uh, pour on foam inside of it, um, super thin. So it's really just to prevent bone on bone contact. Um, the traditional headgear ultimately is worse for your head, worse for brain damage, worse for the longevity of your career. Uh, That's the reason they took it out of amateur boxing. Then they saw blood and blood scared them more, so they put the, put it back in. But ultimately, it, it doesn't add weight to your head, and it doesn't create blind spots, which traditional headgears tend to do. And, you know, it's centrifugal force, which is creating the, the, the trauma that we're trying to avoid. And so by taking that weight away, by taking those blind spots away, you know, we're taking uh, the chance of that, of that force becoming greater, um, you know, and less unexpected. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually really excited to try them because I've always hated headgear for those reasons. I've always, my instincts have told me it's worse for me to wear headgear. My head hurts worse after wearing headgear than it does, you know, when, because you always have this giant uh, thing that sticks off your forehead here. It's supposed to relieve impact, but you get hit more because it's bulky. It catches on things. It's heavy. Like you said, the centrifugal force, you get hit, your head gets popped way up. Um, so yeah, you yours about, is, um, it's like putting a sock on your head, you're, you, you got yours, but it actually has yeah. like padding, but it's like fits like that. It's comfortable. Yeah. You're thinking about the, at the park back in the day, I don't know if they still have the, the toys there, but there'd be a, you'd sit on like a little horse or a dolphin and it had a spring on the bottom and you kind of spring back and forth and the kids, you know, <laughs> just barely go a little bit, but an adult gets in there and you start going all the way to the ground and you can't ever find your center. And ultimately your neck is that spring. And, 
that weight is your head, your weight, your, your body is, you know, primed to carry a very specific amount of weight on your head. And if you add one pound or 10 ounces, 12 ounces, 14 ounces, you know, that is an extreme amount of weight to add. Well, guys, UFC lightweight Justin Gaethje joins us here on Throwing Down. Justin, what about um, the Onyx gloves that, that uh, have been you guys been working on with, with Trevor? They're rolling. I mean, it's been a fan. Like, November was, uh, you know, a blessing. You know, we got three wins at the beginning of the month, and we had three times the amount of sales that we've ever had. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's every time I see Trevor get the credit he deserves, you know, it makes me so happy. And, this is Trevor's company, you know, it's his idea. And um, ultimately I'm just, a, I test the products out, but the ideas come from him and yeah, it, you know, again, revolutionary. Hell yeah. Well, listen, I know that uh, UFC 269 coming up this weekend, obviously you're gonna be paying very close attention to that. Uh, what do you think's gonna happen here? How do you see this all going down? It's gonna be nuts. I'm actually, I'll be there, of course. I'll be there, mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to go old, you know, Tito Ortiz, Chuck Adele days where one guy gets <laughs> in there. We do a whole old school face off and, uh, you know, set, set the debt, set the, set the story. Um, so ultimately I'll be there. I'm a little nervous. I got to do it'll be my first experience on the desk. Oh, I'm the, shit. I'm, I'm doing the weigh in show on Friday morning. So I got to do some studying. A some lot. Memorizing. It's a lot of work. Uh, I've done it before. It's a uh, lot uh, of work. Uh, uh, there's, I'll have a lot of vets next to me, and I know for a fact they ain't going to expect a whole lot out of it. I will try. <laughs> the key is keeping the bar low. Keep the bar low, then you exceed that, and they'll always bring you back for more. It's like golf, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Take it from the best. Renee is one of the best for sure. Um, I wanted to – oh, I was going to say, I'm trying to get my seats by you, by the way. I just reached out to Amber, so we'll see if we can get those seats together so me, you, and good old John boy can sit together. That'll be nice. I don't know where my seats are yet. They don't give it to us till the day before. So yeah, me but I'm either. sure we're uh, we're in the little the little thing. First three rows. I hope so. I hope we're not in the stands. Come on now, so there's some future contenders here, right? Yeah, I can't put you guys <laughs> in the nosebleeds. Give me a break. Hell By no. the way, we won't be able to, we won't be able to watch the fights for sure. Yeah. So so <laughs> tell me. I mean, what do you? How do you see this fight going? And obviously, I mean, you've been saying it. Break it down for us. I think you're the rightful next contender. But there's been some other people. Like Mr. Habib uh, saying otherwise, um, what do you make? Oh, let, let me start with that. What do you make of that? Yeah, that's all irrelevant now. You know, we got straight out of the boss's mouth. You know, I'm fighting the winner. So that's all that matters. That's really, you know, I don't need to go think about it any yeah. further than that. So um, who wins and who are you fighting? Who wins? Who am I fighting? You know, fuck. I, that's why I'm really nervous about this thing because I'm, when it comes to making decisions, I'm not the best, especially with something like, you know, I'm such a realist. And the reason I am such a fan of the sport is because of the unpredictability of every second, you know, no matter who's better, something about this sport, you know, uh, instances of time can just change, change everything. So it's hard for me to like put a nail on something when I know that that is such a factor, luck and chance. Um, ultimately, I think, Poirier will win. I think um, I think if it goes past two, past two and a half rounds, I think Poirier wins. I think um, the first two rounds are going to be, you know, I think if they get into some grappling situations, I think um, 
Poirier can get finished uh, in the first two, two and a half rounds. But I think after that, uh, come down like most fights do to heart and will. And I think, um, yeah, there's something special about Poirier when it comes to that department. You know, he's made all the money, but, you know, it's very special when you find someone that's not here just for the money. And he's one of those guys. So, you know, I don't see him losing in the, the heart and will department in this fight. How do you see things going between you two if it is you and Poirier for round two, where you're at now in your career? Yeah, I think it'll be fucking fantastic to watch. You know, once it happens, I'll be excited to watch it. Every single fight of mine is the same, you know, extremely entertaining. <laughs> um, yeah, the last, you know, the fight with him the first time, he was a, he was very good. You know, it was a, I played a different game back then. It was, you know, who's tougher, who's stronger. And he, he uh, outlasted me and landed that shot. You know, the shots he took, I was surprised. And again, that's why I have so much respect for the, for the heart and will of that guy. Um, that's why I believe that that will be the, the determining factor come Saturday. Um, but yeah, I don't know how it'll go. I really don't. When I say I'm a realist and I think luck, chance, you know, if hopefully it's him. If not, I'll be, I'm just as intrigued to fight Charles Oliveira. I'll, I will be honest with you. Um, you know, he has a lot of a lot of talk behind him, and I really think it would be something special to go out there and just, you know, to, to finish him and then prove my point of, you know, he hasn't fought the best. He hasn't, he has, help me out here. <laughs> when you say undisputed champion, does it not, to be an undisputed champion, do you not have to defend your belt one time at least? Or else it's, it's not disputed. Dis- it's disputable. It's never- <laughs> <laughs> I keep saying Charles Oliveira is an undisputed champion. It makes no sense to me. Does that, like, the, by definition, it has not been disputed. So I just don't understand that part. Let's dispute well, it. Well, Let's get it disputed. I, I am yeah, looking forward to you disputing it. No, sorry, Either way. He will be the undisputed champion because it has been disputed in, in time. But for now, he's not. And I do not believe he has fought the best guys being Dustin Poirier, being myself, Khabib retired. He would have never touched Khabib. Um, he has not fought those guys. You know, Chandler is a formidable opponent, um, but he's, you know, top five, top five in the UFC. Um, Justin, I have a question, to just totally switching gears. I love your breakdown there, but you've consistently been one of the most exciting fighters. And not, not to even try to toot my own horn, but I was looking at um, fight of the night performances and of active females. I actually hold that record, which is pretty cool. But my last fight was like, it was different for me in that I was in such good shape that I didn't feel like the sense of urgency that I normally do. And I, you know, cause you start to feel like a fatigue sometimes or tired and you kind of know like that's, you gotta go. And I wasn't the most exciting fight. So I guess I'm curious to pick your brain in that I respect you so much as not just a fellow fighter, but that you, the way that you fight. So what is it? Um, like, what is your mentality when you're going into a fight? You seem like a pretty relaxed person, pretty chill, but yeah. how is it that you keep that action and, and, you know, continue to, to always make it exciting and turn it up? What is it specifically? If I could pick your brain? Yeah, I think, um, growing up wrestling, walking into those one-on-one situations. Um, honestly, it's the tenacity, um, and the, my ability to make the danger real, you know, whenever you're in danger, you have natural abilities to 
either survive or defend, you know, you get to make the fight or flight decision. And we've already made the fight decision. So you have to make the danger as real as real as possible. It has to be as if someone is trying to take your daughter away from you. Um, but then you have to t- take that and control that. And I don't know how to, to explain to someone how to do that. But, and, and for me, it was walking into those wrestling situations. Those one, like I looked at every single one of those wrestling matches as a fight, as it's me versus you. And so just my, my attitude and tenacity to approach that, you know, I have no fear of the danger. Um, I actually accept it. And once I accept it and can be comfortable there, then I, then I can be, you know, with, with comfortability comes like um, the calmness, you know, how calm I am. I've never been, and I can't find the peace that I, right now, I couldn't go find the peace in the mountains, in the desert, in the ocean that I could find in the cage. And I don't know why that is. Um, and I, I, and I don't know how to, to go there or teach that, but I think most of it is going to be making the danger a reality. And I was saying it like, and it sounds so barbarian, but like eating, sleeping, drinking, fighting, and fucking are the most natural to humans. <laughs> and not that long ago, you had to fight to eat, sleep, drink, or fuck. And that was, that is who we are as people, as animals. And so I just tap into that natural ability that we all possess, that you possess when your family's in danger, that both of you possess whenever someone you love is facing anything that presents danger. You know, you go to a different place and you don't necessarily worry about danger. And that is, I think, uh, my approach and how I'm able to, to really just be content with with my preparation. I believe in my preparation. And at the end of the day, winning or losing is not the most important thing to me. It's for some reason, it's performing and being happy with the way that I perform and content with my performance. And that's all that matters to me. Um, I've lost and I felt better than when I've won before. Um, you know, that's just how, how, how I tend, how I've chose to, to approach it. I really guys, like we are- that. Guys, we're joined here by UFC lightweight Justin Gaethje. Justin, how did you feel when you heard Dana White say that you were next in line? I mean, we don't really get to hear that all that often uh, in MMA. Yeah, I, I mean, really know that. I hear it through media. You know, I don't watch a lot of. It's hard because I, you know, I say things I shouldn't say sometimes because I, you know, I'm just like uh, if I was to talk about like I want to I want to have a conversation with a ref from my last fight. And I think it would be such a cordial conversation, but I could allow myself to go back to those emotions and it would, I would seem so disrespectful. And for some reason, I just tend to do that. So yeah, it was cool to see that, but I try to stay out of the media, but for right now it feels fucking fantastic because it's all I'm working for. It's all that matters. And uh, yeah, I got my chef back. Um, I'm going to spend a lot of money and make sure that I'm 100% prepared for, uh, for this chance. Cause I know they don't come often. They don't come off. They don't come cheap. In your, uh, in your post fight interview after your fight with, uh, with Chandler, you said that you wish that you guys were fighting in the Roman Coliseum. If you were doing a throwback to that era, what would your chosen weapon be? <laughs> First, let me explain that. <laughs> um, so I, I knew, so in the fight, like I was on the, in the, and this sounds bad, but I was in the process of killing him. Like if that went two more rounds, if I had 20 more minutes, he he's dead. And there's no dispute on who won that fight. With our sport, it's so crazy that he he almost won. 
if you would have taken me down with that big takedown attempt and held me down for a minute and a half, he might have won that fight. If he didn't finish me, I would have got up and killed him. And that would have been what was happening. And so I knew there would be some dispute on, on the winner. And that's why I kind of wish, you know, I said that, you know, we should, we should be able to prove who's the fucking better man here tonight. Thank God we don't have to fight to the death. I don't want to kill Thank him. Thank God. No. <laughs> we don't need that. Went, boys, first I'd want to be on a horse probably. And then fuck anything, probably some kind of spear, something to throw. Hopefully I had the same throwing skills I have now so I could put a spear through somebody. Oh, you've good, are you have like good aim? You like oh, yeah. an axe thrower? Quarterback, you... quarterback, pitcher, I could throw, I could throw anything. Oh hell. That's yeah. why I throw a right hand so good. It's just throwing a baseball. Same, man. same technique. Sports no, sports, would, sports do translate would, across would, all certainly. I would yeah. certainly not call myself no intellect, but a jock for sure. <laughs> <laughs> So a man of half the traits, maybe. <laughs> Misha, you have so anything we- else here for, for Justin while we've got him on the line? No, I mean, just thanks for making me sweat today. I was a little nervous if you were going to make it on. I was like, it just depends. I don't know. Well, you had it, I know. Well, you had it. You had it. You were the most difficult to get hold of to book, though. But you do always show up. But you didn't respond to me. So I wasn't right sure on time, too. I will say, yeah. like, right on the time. You, you and Johnny know. If you need to get a hold of me, you call me. I'm old. Okay, school. well Johnny knows. Okay, I'll call you next time. Deal. Get the man a landline. You have a four-day text message thread that you could literally handle in a 40-second conversation. <laughs> you and Johnny are exactly the same. Hey, Justin, I <laughs> I really do appreciate that in, that invaluable insight because I know that I have that in me. It's something I recognize in you too, and I just need to harness it better for the next fight, which I absolutely have the all intention of doing. Um, so I'm excited to just hear you, how you hone that mindset, maybe getting back to my wrestling roots will help me to do that. You know, I was battling a couple injuries through the last training camps that really took me away from being able to wrestle. And honestly, all I was able to do was primarily striking, but I think that you're something, there's something so spot on about that. The fact that I grew up wrestling, I mean, when I was 15, I jumped on the high school boys wrestling team. I'd never wrestled a day in my life and they just killed me. And I stuck it out for four years because I, you know, and I learned then how tough I was and I just need to remember remember that and translate it as you said right into those fights in those moments where it's like you're fighting for your life you're fighting for your survival you're fighting for your value you're fighting for every interpretation of yourself and uh it's so it's it's uh it's really cool just to hear it from you because you're always such a fan favorite and one of my favorites too not just a friend but i'm 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 still a fan i love your i love your fighting style i love your mentality well remember how much and how long you've been doing this ultimately the first what i said earlier and confidence confidence is just as big of a factor you have to truly believe that you deserve to be here you deserve the accomplishments you deserve the victory um those are one things i struggle i the day that i had to sit in my room and, and convince myself that i deserved to be victorious and uh that is huge that is confidence so you need to work on both of those things you are you should think because i think it was my first fight ever Maybe second fight. You were in the locker room. You were in the private room, and you were fuck. You were top dog in that thing. And I was, you know, and, and nobody could talk to you. And I was like, oh, she seems kind of mean. But you were just a fucking competitor. <laughs> you you were You were tenacious, and you had a fucking. Um, you had the mental awareness that you were going to be in danger, and you need to find that again. Well, I I have it. You have that. You I have, have that. Had a fight. 
You I have it. Fight. It's just what it's to- one it's one fight that I didn't feel in danger in there, and I think that was the problem too. Is like you know when I got in there, it was just kind of like take. Sometimes it takes two to tango a little bit as far as like to push you to the point where you recognize that you're in danger. And I think with my conditioning and that, it's just in five years off, I felt really comfortable in there, probably a little too much. And I just we didn't realize five rounds went by, to be honest. I was ready for like 10. I was like, oh, snap. Like, yeah. oh, no, this fight's well, over. 30 seconds, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I, I well, got to try to put this in the bag. Justin, we really. How worthy you are and how, how long you've been here. And you'll be just fine. Love Justin, it. thank you so much for joining us here on Throwing Down with Renee Misha. Looking forward to watching 269 this weekend to uh, to see who you are going to be facing next. But thanks again for hanging out with us. You guys have a good day. Throwing Down with Renee and Misha is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The show is produced by Michael Russo and Kelly Murphy. Sound designed by Nari Balin. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for Sirius XM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts.